Create Art Podcast. Creativity and Overcoming Challenges with Tia Sunshine Die. Thank you for tuning in to Create Art Podcast. And uh, like I said in the intro here, our uh, topic is going to be creativity and overcoming obstacles. And with me tonight, we have Tia Sunshine Die. Now, Tia is a watercolor uh, artist. And folks, my watercolors, if you thought my acrylic painting looked like four-year-old on crack painting them, my watercolors looked like I threw mud on the paper. And so I can tell you right now, I am no good at watercolors, but I have somebody that is an expert at uh, watercolors. So we're going to bring her on the show here and uh, talk about creativity and overcoming obstacles, because that's uh, what a lot of us are facing here these days. So without further ado, Tia, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me on. You're very welcome. Now, uh, folks, you want to make sure that you're going to Tia's website, and that's tiasunshine.art. She's got one of those cool, you know, dot whatevers. It's fantastic. If you're looking to, if you're an artist and you're looking to put that on your uh, website, do it because you're, you're doing art. So, uh, Tia, um, watercolors, you've been doing this now for three years. If I said, if I uh, remember correctly, actually only two years, about two years. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was reading through your blog, which is fantastic. Um, and you started that, uh, by bullet journaling, bullet journaling and watercolors in my mind. Uh, I, I don't see the connection. Can you make that connection for us? Sure. Well, I started bullet journaling as part of um, trying to get it organized. I was going through a time when I was homeschooling my kids. And as a creative person, one of the obstacles that I have to overcome is having too many ideas and overthinking everything. And something you know that I think we're all experiencing with our kids at home is trying to figure out where the balance is between overthinking it and just letting it all go by too easily. And so the bullet journaling was just a way for me to start sorting through what was a priority mm -hmm. and um, getting ideas into a format that I could cross off the ones that weren't going to happen and save the ones that probably would just fly right through my head and never be seen again. Yeah. <laughs> so that it also acted as a um, art journal because you have these blank pages or I use the little square pages and mm -hmm. I was able to use it as a, an opportunity to kind of sketch out ideas on the go because I always had it's a small journal that fits in my purse. So nice. and from there, it just grew to the artist practice, the making the time. Um, ultimately, I put a 60 hour challenge page. And half hour at a time, I crossed off. I spent half an hour doing something creative. Um, and watercolors were what I had on hand. Um, they are travel easy. They dry quickly. You can go back to it easily. And I was using my kids' watercolors at the time. So I really had no idea what I was doing. But it was something, and it was a starting point. And I think that's something that is important to allow that mm -hmm. not everything you're going to create has to be a masterpiece. <laughs> gotcha. Well, yeah, no, you, you really don't have to create masterpieces every time that you, that you do it. Uh, that's for sure. 
Now, bullet journaling, because this is this is it intrigues me because I just heard about this. Oh gosh, maybe about a year or two ago, and I listened to a podcast called Art of Manliness, and they were talking about bullet journaling and and how it helps you organize yourself. And I know uh, it kind of a a bad rap that artists get is uh, that we're very uh, disorganized. We're all over the place. I know sometimes I can be. Yeah. I'll admit it. I can be disorganized all over the place. But like you were saying, it kind of helped you uh, focus uh, those ideas, get them down on paper. And is that something that you still use to this day? Uh, and would you kind of count that as that's my that's one of your major tools uh, that you use for your creativity? It is. It's what I go to. I've gone away from it and come back and it's adaptive. Like there is a way to do it, but of course we're creative. So there's many ways to do it. And so it's changed over the last few years. Um, how I use it. You just take what works best for you. I mean, you only use that. You could put people put hours just into the journal. I mean, they're create their pieces of art all in of themselves. That's not where I go with it. For me, it is messy. It is scribbly. Um, mm-hmm. And I've tried to slow down and make it neater because I do like to go back through old journals. I have four journals now that I've filled. And I do uh-huh. go back through those and try to decipher what I wrote before. When you're just mining for more ideas or you're trying to remember what that thought was that you wanted to pursue now that you couldn't pursue before. Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I know with new artists and way back in the way back machine, um, I had uh, trouble um, coming up with ideas and then uh, something hit me one day. I couldn't pinpoint it for you. Uh, maybe if I would have kept a journal, I, I would know the day that that happened. But then I, I just kind of looked around at my life and I said, hey, you know what? I can write about that or I can paint something that looks vaguely similar to that tree uh, that's out, you know, outside my room here. Um, Are you uh, finding that um, after doing watercolors for two years, is it hard to find subjects to paint? Or uh, like you were saying, that bullet journaling is uh, um, really helping you out uh, with with that? Um, For capturing thoughts and ideas, I think that it really helps me. But for me, it's more of um, capturing the thoughts for later because I really have an overflow of ideas that need to be pared down generally. Not all ideas are great. I have an overflow of ideas and I am fully aware that they are not all great ideas. But if you don't allow all the ideas out, then you're already cutting ideas that might turn out to be great later on. And so I think that's an important to just do a mind dump. My process for when I have no ideas, I can go in there and I still won't like anything on my list. Mm-hmm. I think the the key to a drought in inspiration is to sit down and practice the basics. So I just go back to one of my basic lessons that I thought was useful and repeat it. Just repeat the okay. lesson and it, it inspires that play and gets the paintbrush moving. Good deal. Good deal. And speaking about your paintings, um, and, and I had talked with you uh, before we uh, started recording uh, in our pre warm up last time, 
My favorite uh, on your website is is Grace. That one is, and and folks, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell her right now. Yes, um, got my stimulus check. Gonna purchase. Gonna purchase it um, before this weekend is out. I'm gonna purchase it. Um, but for you, um, are there any paintings that you currently have, uh, that you're showing, uh, either in a gallery or on your, uh, on your website, which folks is tiasunshine.art. Go there, make sure that you're, uh, you know, subscribe to the list. Is there anyone that is your absolute favorite that you're just like, yeah, that's, that's the thumbprint. That's what I want everyone to know me by. I'm not there yet. Right now, okay. I feel like I'm still exploring what my own style is. And I think that's something a lot of artists are searching for is what their style is. And I feel mm. like I'm a little all over the place right now. So I, I love that one because it was a very intuitive one day piece of art. And that I think has holds a special value. Um but some of the pieces that I come off the idea in my journal and I work on it and I have versions of it. I have one right now that I'm working on called she rises and it's taking me months to mm-hmm. see it come together. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's going to be one of my favorites. I feel like it's the direction I want to go. Um, but until then I'm trying to just keep painting and exploring. Cause I really believe that, um, we learn the most about ourselves and what we have to offer through action rather than overthinking and over planning. I'm a planner. I've had to learn how to let that go and just, just create something and see where it goes. And grace was what happened one day. That was not a planned painting by any means. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now with, with, with your paintings and in your process, when do you feel or do you know when it's time to uh, stop that painting? Like you said, uh, Grace took uh, a day to do and you've had other paintings that have taken months to do. When do you know that it's time to stop? That's a good question. I was telling someone the other day that um, one of the things that I do, they were asking, well, what's your morning routine? What do you do first thing in the morning? And I was like, well, if I get the chance and to get up before everyone else, mm-hmm. which is not something I would have ever done earlier in life, but now I get up before everyone else, I will, you will find me standing at my desk, staring at my art, just staring at it because mm-hmm. there's um, a point where I'm giving to the painting, but the painting is giving back and it's asking that one of my mentors that she uses this a lot is that the painting tells her what it wants. And I, I totally believe that. I believe that a lot of paintings, you need to sit with it, consider it, see what's happening on its own. You can't, again, you can't plan out every detail, especially with watercolor. There's a lot of going with the flow in watercolor, but sometimes you have to wait. And if you're not sure if it's done, but you don't know what to do next. It's a matter of setting it aside. So that's why some things take so long. It's a matter of setting it aside and not looking at it for a couple of days and then pulling it back out. And then it's usually pretty obvious what needs to happen mm-hmm. where you start to realize ah, this is done. It's good. You know, so. good deal. 
good deal. That that's my problem with paintings is I never know when it's done. And but for me, I have to um I I, I put it aside and um most times I can find it again. Um <laughs> Cause I'm not super organized. Maybe I need the bullet journal. My wife actually started up a bullet journal. So when we talked about that, the very next day, she's like, Oh, I'm doing a bullet journal. I'm like, were you listening to our conversation? <laughs> and uh, she's like, no, you know, she, I'm in a man cave down in the basement and she's upstairs watching TV. And, um, so I, that bullet journal is, I'm getting, I'm learning the lesson. And, uh, Folks, you're hearing it first. Yes, Tim is going to go set up a bullet journal, and uh, we'll probably do a podcast about it. And uh, if if Tia is is able to do it, bring her back on, and you know we'll get that we'll get that bullet journal uh, knocked out. Um, I I want to shift a little bit here because you're early in your journey. You've been uh, doing it for two years now, but you may have uh, felt this at some point. There's a thing out there called uh, imposter syndrome. And, um, for me, that's, uh, it's, a, it's, I look at it as an excuse, but it's a, a way that we defeat ourselves. Sometimes we uh, let that inner critic go. Um, have you had to deal with imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Well, I think I've had to deal with challenges similar to it. I'm sure I have had to deal with it. I think maybe I've just recognized it as something a little different. I think uh, growing up, I I saw artists as um, this huge commitment. You couldn't just do art mm-hmm. for fun. If, if, if I was drawing as a child, when I was driving, drawing as a child, my family was trying to be so supportive and they're like, wow, look at your talent. Do you want to be an artist? But then I knew that that came with this weight of, wow, being an artist would be hard. Like you have to make your living being an artist. And that um, weight really pushed me away from doing art. That was no one's intention to do that to me, but I did it to myself because I think we, in at least, I don't know how it is for you, but I feel like we grew up in a time where um, the American dream was the house and the kids and the and the steady paycheck. That's how you went one up from what your parents were doing. And working as an artist didn't seem to really jive with what the rest of the expectations were for going to school and getting a job. Um, so it just fell off the radar completely for me as a possibility. Gotcha. So I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure how that fits with an imposter syndrome, but I, and to this day, I'm glad that I have mentors that are very encouraging that we all have something unique to share and mm-hmm. we, it's, we have a responsibility to share it um, because no one of us is going to come out with the exact same thing. It's just not possible. We all have our own life experience and our own way of sharing and producing art or creating any kind of artistic pursuit that our personality is going to show through. And I think it's valuable to recognize that and carry on in your own Mm -hmm. way. 
Because otherwise, yeah, everything under the sun has been done, correct? You know? Yep, absolutely. It has, but it hasn't been done through your eyes and hasn't been done through my eyes. So, I, you know, yeah, every, everything's been painted, but not the way that we see it. And, you know, like you, like you brought up, we all have our own life experiences and that kind of colors how we uh, view things. And, you know, yeah, we, we, you and I may both paint the same tree, but yours is going to be in watercolor. Mine's going to be in oil. Yours is going to look fantastic. Um, mine's going to look like a four-year-old on crack painted it, Not but I'm good with look that. Fanta- Not all of mine are going to look fantastic either, right? You know, and I think that was part of my my incorrect vision of what an artist was. You see those speed paints. You see mm-hmm. these things where someone is on the stage and they splash, splash, splash. And the next thing you know, it's a amazing, realistic piece of art. And what people are missing is that Art takes time for everyone. It's a skill that has to be developed. They have it has to be practiced. And for every amazing piece of art, there's a pile that the artist wants to throw in the trash. Mm-hmm. And that's true for everyone. Oh yeah, I think well, that I... opens up the possibility for so many people like me to say, "Today's work might suck, but." Mm-hmm tomorrow's work has potential and you can kind of build on the uh, today's work that sucks and maybe tomorrow and you know you have a, a sleep and a nice cup of coffee in the morning you go oh that's what's wrong with it douche douche mm-hmm. douche and it's done exactly is that putting it away and taking a look at it from a different angle or step one of the best pieces of advice i ever got was to look at it from across the room you know we, i spend my time doing watercolor five inches away from my paper most of the time, you know, I get so wrapped up in those details and to take a step back and realize that hardly anyone's going to look at it that close. And if they are looking at it that close, then they're not really appreciating it as a whole in general, unless it's intended to be an extremely detailed painting. There's much more to art form Mm -hmm. than details. True that. True. True. I, I think uh, some people get you were bringing up uh, the uh, the guys and gals that can, you know, paint a, do a painting in like 10 or 15 minutes. Um, Bob Russ comes to my mind. I think it comes to most everybody's mind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd be on PBS and 22 minutes later, you've got a full painting. But I think what we all fail to realize is that he actually had already painted the painting um, and then was just looking at it off camera and, and painting it that way. And I'm sure he took more time with that than the 22 minutes that he was on PBS for every episode. And so, yeah, it, it is a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff you're going to throw out, but, uh, I wouldn't say throw out everything. Um, no, you never know sometimes what you can off. reuse things too. I, I know a lot of watercolor artists who go back and cut up their old watercolor art and make collages. You know, you mm. could go over the watercolor with gouache, which is what I'm about to start learning this summer. You know, it's like almost acrylic, almost mm. watercolor, somewhere in between. You just cover it all up and, and do a different painting on it. Nice. Nice. Something learn and something new for me to take a look at, too, because if that's the case, then I can take the stuff that looks like mud and then make it in collage or make it into something else that doesn't quite look like mud. Exactly. All right, <laughs> folks, we're learning stuff new all the time here. Um, t- 
to get out of uh, the right brain creative side, let's delve a little bit into the left brain business uh, side of of art because it, we you know I, we love to do arts. It does a lot of things for us emotionally, mentally, especially in the days and times we're living in now. Um, but for you, how do you balance the business side, the the logical side, the, you know, I, I, I've got to sell this painting for so much to recu- recover my cost and to actually pay me. How do you balance the business side with the creative side of your art? Well, I've never been very good at balancing anything. So mm-hmm. I'm very cautious personally. I've been blessed to be in a situation where I've started painting as my hobby. I didn't have to leave my job to start my art business. Um, So, well, I had to take some time away from my family. Mm -hmm. So that was the biggest step there is to say, I deserve this time. I need to set aside this time for me. And that's hard to do when you've probably been too involved in how things run in your household. And so it's, it's positive all around in that aspect, but it's hard to do to, to set those boundaries. And I think if, if, if it was a job that I was leaving, you still have to set those boundaries because you have to say, not only am I doing my job, and then I have to come home and take care of my house, but I still need to set aside this time I think that's that's the the biggest part is that learning to make a habit of prioritizing the time in your life. Um, one of the books I read before I started this was Grit by Angela Grit. Duckworth, and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things she says in there is that any successful person has to decide what to do, in part by deciding what not to do. And so then, again, you're getting into that list, that list making and those priorities of deciding what not to do. And then another, um, besides bullet journaling, there's another process. I can't think of what the name, the Ivy Lee method, where um, you only you only put three things from today's list that you didn't finish on tomorrow's list or you prioritize three things. There are only three things that you're really going to expect yourself to do. The next day, because my list okay. can get way too long, mm-hmm. and to and to say there's there's three things I'm going to do, and then the other side would be with with finances. If you're talking about business, would be re- being realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I treat it a little bit like I grew up in in Reno, so um, I know gambling's a problem, <laughs> and I never yep. grew up gambling. I hate the casinos, um, mm-hmm. but if I did. I'd take in my bag of nickels yep. and I would only put in what I brought with me for that purpose. Sure. But I would usually put right back in anything I won. Sometimes I would keep mm-hmm. as much as I brought in, you know, I kind of keep track. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to leave with as much as I, I brought in if, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was kind of a game for me. But so I, I, I kind of treat it the same way is that um, I have a certain amount of my own spending money. And I invested that, that, that it's my whatever money, my no questions asked money. We, you know, sure. we do that in our family is that I have my no questions asked 
my husband has his no questions asked. We all can have our own priorities, right? And my nice. no questions asked was I decided to start putting it towards art, my supplies, but I never went past what I already had in my account. And anything that I've made has gone straight back into supplies or in this now the the website or um, other business building necessities. <laughs> this Absolutely. year will be my first year having to deal with taxes and, you know, fun stuff like that. So, you know, then, then you're deciding to set aside time for that because mm-hmm. when I'm sitting and doing my business side, I don't want to be taking up the time I already set aside to do the art because that's my mm-hmm. focus and that's my priority. So exactly. it grows, it's growing, you know, it's, <laughs> but it's okay. Cause my kids are getting older and, and, you know, everyone's adjusting to a new priority for me. And, and I think it's good for everyone. It's good to set that example for, for your kids that um, mom's not just there to be mom. Mom has other things that she's interested in. And when you, you know, I think it's, it's a good example for the family to see adults doing their own thing. Yeah, I I love well, family yeah. time, and I think we try to really prioritize family time. But there has to be a limit, and there has to be time to do hobbies, so that when we come together, we feel fulfilled <laughs> on our exactly. own. Exactly, and we have exactly. more to give to other people. So, well, you, you got you, you got to fill your well up first. You know, it's like with the uh, the airlines. You know, when the bag drops down. They say put the bag on your face first and then put it on your children's. You can't, yeah, with our, you know, nine to five life and our commuting. Well, I'm not commuting anymore right now. I'm on telework. Yay. But um, you, you really got to uh, fulfill yourself before you can uh, go ahead and be that, be that person for your family, your friends, your, your job. Uh, you got, you got to have that fulfillment. And it sounds like to me, First and foremost, uh, I was asking you about imposter syndrome. Sounds like you got that beat. And, you know, and only being in it two years, kudos to you, because I know a lot of people that have been doing it for 20 years and they can't beat that imposter syndrome. And it sounds like you got your priorities very well straight on that. And yeah, I, I uh, think, that's wonderful. Oh, an important part to sticking through any creative or not even any, any, Thing you want to do at all is to do it in a community. Um, you need to have a mentor. You have to have mm-hmm. someone to, to encourage you and to kick that imposter syndrome to the side when it shows up because it's going to show up. I, I don't think anyone has it beat. And then mm-hmm. also um, in part of that community is, is to pass that mentorship on to other people and to share that, For Sure, you know, so, but I, I wouldn't be able to, do any of I wouldn't be where I was right now if it wasn't for for um, Carrie Brummer at Artist Strong. She she's been the person who's set the example and given me the confidence and the tools to feel like I could do what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And that mentorship is very important because uh, sometimes we can get into our heads a little bit too much and. Um, go ahead and, um, you know, self-sabotage or be that, that critic and having somebody kind of guide you through that somebody to bounce ideas off of, 
is always a great thing. You've mentioned mentors uh, a few times now, and I'm, I'm encouraging everybody out there listening. Definitely get a mentor. They, they will, it'll save your life and it'll keep you, uh, if you get a good one, they can keep you pretty well on track, which is a good thing. So, um, going back to your website, which everyone is tiasunshine.art. Um, you have a blog there and I, I think that's really important that people kind of see your thought process through that blog. And in there, you say something about you chose to be an artist and, um, I, I've hear, heard some people say they were called to be an artist, like somebody's called to the ministry or something like that. Um, but you say there that you chose to be an artist. Uh, for me, in my art, I kind of woke up at an early age and said, oh, I'm going to be an artist. Uh, and I, I went through the schools and all that kind of good stuff. My That's why I work for the government. That's how I'm paying my uh, my student loans back. <laughs> Yay. It's expensive, kids. Don't go to an art <laughs> school. It's expensive. But um, for you, you said you chose to be an artist. And I think that's very interesting because there are a lot of misconceptions or uh, biases about artists uh, out there in the world. And for you, can you talk a little bit about how uh, how you came to that process to choose to be an artist? Yeah, I think that. I have always been called to create art. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the funniest things that I think of is that I used to walk through the store and all the, any kind of art. Oh, I love that. But I could make that. Oh, I love Mm -hmm. that. But I could make that. But I never made any of it. I never Mm -hmm. actually did it. I have a Pinterest account jam packed with ideas, but I never I rarely did anything unless it had to do with my kids. And I was more likely to jump in as a project for my kids or my house. So I think that the fact that I phrase it in that way is because there had to come to a point where I chose to accept that I was called to be an artist. Like I could, be called to be an artist, but never listen, never pick up the phone, never sure. create action. And the action is what makes you the artist. So mm-hmm. I think the calling and the spirituality that comes wrong with that has a lot to do with that idea of the muse, the ideas swimming in your head and you need to get them out. And, and I do believe, I absolutely believe in that. And that if you let that muse go it'll run off to someone else you know yeah (laughs) it'll it'll be realized in a different way you know but it Mm -hmm. it will go and 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 the time the opportunity to capture that that moment is a choice Mm -hmm. it 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 really is a choice um and and i like how you phrase that and you know uh, art can be uh being an artist can be uh, spiritual, spiritually uplifting and, and feed us, uh, in, in that manner, you know, it, it can feed us with our finances by people going and, and buying a lot of stuff and folks, it's Tia sunshine.art. <laughs> Go buy everything there, but you know, you already know the one that I want. So, <laughs> so, um, 
and I, and I talked about this a little bit earlier about the uh, perceptions about artists and, and, and art. Um, what perceptions uh, about art, um, w- what negative perceptions about art uh, would you like to change? And, and how would you go about uh, changing those negative perceptions about being an artist or art in general? Or art in general. Well, mm-hmm. I think for one thing that it's never too late. I mean, I think everyone says that, but, you know, I feel like when I really got into the flow uh, about a year ago and realized what I was doing, what I was getting myself into, there was a moment where I really mourned the loss of opportunity. I mourned all those years I could have been creating art. And, um, it was something that I had to go through. And I think I encourage people to not let them stop, not let that stop them from starting something new to be like, well, it's too late. Um, it's just too bad that I let all these ideas go by because it's never too late to just start with the ideas that are coming. I mean, they never stop really. Mm-hmm. The ideas continue on as we the world moves on there's always new inspiration there's new issues there's children that are growing and they're always an inspiration and if for no other reason than to set an example for your children or for the other people in your community and your friends um give yourself an excuse that way if that's what you need to do to say i'm going to be an example of how you can decide to do that thing you always didn't think you could do you know um there's so much opportunity to learn right now especially right now online yeah um and so you can start in the privacy of your home in the security of privacy <laughs> and mm-hmm. then and then take that momentum and make it your own and, and go out into your community and learn from people in your community and then give back to people in your community. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is um, I appreciate that you introduced me as an expert, but I would say that there are some things that are really hard to say you're an expert at, um, but you have to be, you also have to be brave. So I was at a meeting with my local artist guild, painting guild, and um, they wanted some help with Instagram. Okay. Well, most of them aren't as familiar with apps on their phone and, and just the technical aspects of that. And so when I went in and I said, well, here's an outline and these are our goals. I'm going to walk you through it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I didn't realize that to them, I was an expert. To the internet, I am anything but an expert on Instagram. But to this group of people in person, I was doing them a a good service and helping them to set up their Instagram and to encourage them so that we could all share as a group and be part of a community together together that we didn't have. So um, I guess to round that out is just that art is solitary, but it's also being part of a community. You know, what, how you 
set an example and how you can be influenced. And it's just, it's, it's a wealth of opportunity, no matter which way you look at it. That's true. That's yeah. true. I was helping uh, one of our, uh, um, we have a, a monthly meetup uh, that we talk about podcasting, talk about a bunch of geeks and, and I'm the biggest one there. But uh, one of our guys, um, uh, older gentleman, he's a baby boomer, and um, he uh, called me up just last night uh, out of the blue, and he says, hey, Tim, I need help with uh, show art, and I just need you to put some words on a, uh, on a, and a JPEG file. And I told him, well, have you heard of this app called Canva? And he's like, I don't look at my phone. <laughs> I don't do any of that stuff. I call somebody like you that knows what you're doing, or you, you sound like you know what you're doing. And, um, so, uh, after the call, well, actually kind of like the last five minutes of the call, it was about an hour and a half call we were talking and, um, last five minutes of the call, I popped out my phone while I'm talking to him and, uh, gave him uh, three or four different looks, different fonts, line widths and weights and different placements on there. And, uh, we hung up uh, the call and, he got those, uh, three or four, uh, proofs, um, you know, through the, through the wonders of the internet. And, um, like 10 minutes later, he called me up. He said, you did four that quick. And I said, well, I did four <laughs> in about the last 10 minutes of the call. And he's like, how did you do that? How can you multitask like that? And I'm just like, it's doing it time and time and time again. And, uh, to develop that craft. Right. It's going back to that action, that, that action that, the more you do something, the more comfortable you get with it, then, yeah, the, the sh- you can share that with other people. It's I think the being in action has been one of the most important parts of my process and not the just thinking about it and planning it. And, yeah, people give Canva is a great example of how you can just get on and learn and do it and be done with it. But it's if that's not a priority for you, there's going to be someone in your community that knows how to do it. Exactly. Uh, for me, I'm kind of, uh, for this show, I'm a one man show. I set up, you know, the website uh, and I do the, uh, all the editing, the show art and da da da. And, but I wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, because if I hadn't gone to all the conferences that I go to the Facebook groups, um, uh, that I'm on, and um, Instagram posts. I'm not an expert in it, but I tell you, my, my Instagram game is uh, a lot better than it was six months ago. And it's just, you know, it, it's that constant repetition of doing it and doing it and doing it. And I may not pick up watercolor, um, but uh, I, I, I feel confident because I've done it in the past with other things that, you know, that repetition is a wonderful thing. And that's how you build up that expert level and that master level and all that kind of good stuff. Big question here for you. Uh, we, we've touched on it a little bit, but I'd like to uh, kind of uh, nail it uh, home here for, for our listeners. What does art provide for you specifically? Uh, it's different for everybody I know, but when you get done with that painting and you have somebody go, that's a fantastic painting, here's the money for it. I want to put it in in my home. What does that do for you? It usually is. I'm usually speechless. I don't, Mm -hmm. because 
I didn't start creating with the intent particularly to sell. Um, so I'm still usually pretty shocked when, even though now that's a goal of mine, mm-hmm. I, I have a place that I show regularly and um, I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do it without a gallery. You know, it's a, it's a, the lady who does my hair offered me to hang my paintings in her salon and she sells regularly off her walls. And um, I'm very appreciative of that. And I still am in shock because, Oh, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know what it does for me that the, the painting it is just enjoyable it gets like an itch that's been scratched. You know, you have to get it out. You have to try, you have to see what happens. And then when it just starts to come together as something, well, yeah, you want to share. I think, I think it's always important to share and put it out there. Um, the sales, I think validates it in a way, and whether that's right or wrong. I think the sales helps validate the time spent. Um, but I wouldn't recommend anyone to say that that needs to be your goal unless you really need that to be your goal, which I understand is and some people are in that situation where they, they need that to be their goal. And, and so that their business plan is going to revolve around that being their priority. So they're going to create more quicker, more quicker. They're going to create more pieces of art Mm-hmm. at a faster pace. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you uh, for me, I'm very fortunate that I'm not under the time pressure to create quickly. I have the time to explore and that's what I would wish for people mm-hmm. to do, to have the time to explore and create. Something that I, I find uh, that helps me with my creativity is actually putting uh, limitations uh, on myself. So whereas uh, if I'm writing a poem, uh, I force myself to write it into a certain form like a, a haiku or a sonnet or a tanka or like in April is the uh, National Poetry Writing Month and they give you a prompt and you need to write that prompt. Uh, I write a, po- a piece to that prompt every day for 30 days, which is, you know, it, you come up with a lot of bad poems that way, but you get some <laughs> good ones in there too. Um do you uh, purposely uh, put limitations uh, in your uh, art to spark that creativity for you or to uh, kind of make it a, as a challenge uh, for yourself to uh, make it more interesting? Um, I don't know about for making it more interesting. I, I like challenges to get me outside of my own box. So maybe that's the mm-hmm. same thing. Um, Number one, I usually I'll participate in a challenge if it if I'm in a time where I'm not sure what to do first. Too many ideas. I don't know where to start. Um, if someone else narrows it down for me by saying today you're drawing this, then um, it gives me something to focus on. Today I'm drawing this, and um, I'm not very good about following through on whole thirty days because generally after the day first day or two, I'm back on my own train doing my own direction and um, thinking, oh, I should probably finish that. But this is my own thing. And so I, I think I use it more of a, as a springboard, which is, I think, what challenges should be. Uh, there's sure. a wealth of challenges out there. You know, I really like the Inktober 
is something that I enjoy following along with. I did it like two last October, two ink drawings. Nice. Um, good intentions to do it all, but I'm going to stop telling people that I'm, I'm doing this for this month because I never, I never finish the month. I always get distracted and that's okay. Cause now I realize that's just part of my process and it's good to, those are tools. Those are tools to get you where you need to be and whether that's setting limits or, um, or inspiring. Mm-hmm. I think that it, it it's a good tool to. Yeah. It, it, uh, for me, it, um, like, like I've, I've done the national poetry in months this is my fifth time. And I mean, I can write any time during the year, but for me, it, it, uh, it makes me laser focus and I go, okay, for this month, I'm spending half hour, 45 minutes every day responding to this prompt in, in this piece. I've actually turned out two books of poetry that way. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, the first time I did it, it's 30 poems in 30 days. I was like, oh, I can do better than that. I'll do 60 poems in 30 days. <laughs> and ouch, that hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Painting, I know, can hurt. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're, like you said, you're five inches away from the, the thing, you know, hunched over. Yeah. Writing, oh my gosh, my hands cramp up uh, like crazy. Yeah, I think that why it's important because so for some people that really does work. And for mm-hmm. some people like me, who are less inclined to follow through with some challenges. Um, Though like even the challenge I started with originally in my bullet journal was a 60 hour challenge. I made 60 little squares. And then when I realized I wouldn't sit for a whole hour, I made little slashes through them so that they were (laughs) 120 little triangles. And um, if I go back and look at that, even though that is exactly what launched me, I never filled in all those squares because eventually I didn't need those squares. I didn't need those squares to be the reason that I was creating art. And I guess that's, that's the same thing with a lot of the challenges that I do is if, that I start is that after a couple of days or a week, I don't need that challenge to listen to my own voice and, and, and to continue on. Um, some of my favorite challenges for painting are actually like a month long challenge. That's just one painting. Everyone gets a month to do this painting. And you're like, well, Mm -hmm. this is outside of what I would normally do. It stretches me creatively. It makes me try something new. We're all doing it together. So they're going to share their tips. I'm going to share my tips. We're all going to work through it together. And Mm -hmm. I can work on it on the days when I don't have something else to do. And it's not a, every day someone's telling me what to do. So, you know, it's just, it's recognizing that we're all in a different place and that we all have yep. need those different kinds of challenges. And, <laughs> and I think the most important thing is that, yeah, you're still getting, um, you're still getting paint on the paper. I'm still getting ink on the uh, page and, you know, however anyone has to do it. I, these are just ideas for people to, you know, go ahead and, uh, and do it. And the ultimate challenge is go create something um, and, and and all that good stuff. Um, we talked about um, a little bit earlier about, you know, what does art and creativity provide for you? Um, when you're showing in uh, uh, the, uh, the, at the salon uh, that, that you have your artwork hanging up at, um, how does that going out in public 
and seeing your art uh, be recognized and, and looked at. How is that for you? Um, you know, how does that make you feel um, for yourself? I think it makes me feel good on the inside, but I have absolutely no idea how to act on the outside. I'm extremely awkward um, and mm. uncomfortable <laughs> talking <laughs> about uh, what I still haven't figured out how to react to compliments. Okay. And so I enjoy seeing it. I enjoy hearing people enjoy it. But I don't enjoy when someone comes and says to me, oh, you're so talented. I don't know if I believe them. I feel like they're being polite. And Mm -hmm. um, I know in my heart that they're being honest because people are buying it. You know, people Mm -hmm. I don't know who I'm not seeing in person are are like my art. So it's not that I don't believe that my art is valuable to people. And uh, but there's something about having to address it personally that is very difficult for me. And I don't know if that's a common thing for artists or not, but no, I think it me. is. Yeah. And I, I actually struggled with that too. Um, when, when people would compliment me on uh, stuff that I had, I actually uh, showed with uh, a good friend of mine. She, uh, Heather moon. Um, she uh, is a, uh, she does oil paintings and, and some sculpture and all that. Um, she's definitely, as far as skill level, she's well above me. Uh, but we had the opportunity to uh, show together at um, this uh, little local shop in, in Rockford. And um, it was, uh, people were looking at her stuff and looking at my stuff. Obviously, there was a, a, a whale of difference. And uh, people, you know, stepped up to me and they're like, well, hey, this is really good. And I'm like, no, no, I paint like a four-year-old on crack. You really need to go look at Heather's stuff because her stuff is way better than mine. And I I was, you know, uh, pimping her stuff. And um, she actually pulled me aside. Uh, And this is one thing that is great about mentors. She pulled me aside and she said, shut up, take the compliment and move on. And, and it's just the relationship that she and I have um, that uh, she can tell, tell me that I'm a big guy. I'm six two and she's about five foot, nothing, you know, it weighs 80 pounds soaking wet, but yet, yeah, you know, she's kind of like my mom. She can put her finger up in my face and go, err, um, <laughs> and do all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so for me, um, yeah, I, I struggled with that uh, for a good long time is uh, taking the compliments. And um, now I'm just like, Okay, thank you very much. And I move on and I, I pray to God they don't ask me, so what was the inspiration? <laughs> when, what are you trying to say with that? <laughs> I think that that's, it, it's good practice to do. Last fall, I did uh, my first art hop. It's a local event here. It's a small community where people go around a mm-hmm. uh, neighborhood hosts artists. And mm-hmm. um, so you're in people's front porches and people walk oh, wow. around the neighborhood and to see art. And it was really, it was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. And it was a good opportunity to introduce yourself and talk about your art because the people out there did have good questions. And I don't mind the questions as much. Um, my art, my, my watercolors, I've taken to mounting them on a wood panel and 
then finish them with a wax finish. So they don't look always like they are a watercolor because it looks like I painted it onto the wood panel, even though it's watercolor that's been afterwards put on the wood panel. So um, there's a lot of curiosity around that process. And I was very comfortable explaining the process. Um, it's I think it's more the the idea that uh, when someone says you're so talented and it bothers me because um, it's that whole myth of talent, mm -hmm. right? The, this idea that there's some of us that have this magical thing that creates artwork that no one else can do. And I don't particularly buy into that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I asked, I asked my mentor, Carrie, I asked her about it one time. I was like, well, what do you say to people when they, when they, she's like, just say, thank you. Just say thank you, because unless you're planning on giving them a whole lesson on, you know, being creative and the myth of, of talent and the difference between talent and building skill, there's really no purpose in not accepting the compliment that they're trying to give you. And so, yeah, like you said, it's like a thank you and move on. I think if you're going to go see art and you love someone's art, you could probably make them a lot more comfortable by saying Asking about their process, I think artists enjoy talking about their process more mm -hmm. than putting them on a spot on a pedestal of this magical creature that created this piece of art. <laughs> exactly, so that's my perspective. I don't. Maybe it's different for um, artists who are trained and and feel like they have a right to be called talented more. I don't know, mm -hmm. but. Well, folks, when you go see Tia, when you, <laughs> when you go to uh, one of these galleries or anything like that, remember, you know, tell her, hey, the great piece, talk about the process. Talk about the <laughs> process. You'll be good to go. Be good to go. Excellent. All right. So the uh, kind of my tagline for uh, Create Art Podcast is uh, creating more than we consume. And um, how do you create more than you consume? That's a good question. I would like to think that by setting an example, and I think I, 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 I hit on that earlier, but mm -hmm. I, I would like to think that um, I am an encour encourager. Um, mm -hmm. I encourage other people by my story of being saying, that I didn't create art for so long, but then I did. And it was that it was a choice. And also the, the, the being in action and practicing. I, I think that when people do say, well, how did you not paint and all of a sudden paint so well? Well, I was in the arts before. It was always in my head, um, mm -hmm. but it takes sitting down and practicing. It takes taking the action, making the choice. And um, I see that in how my daughter reacts to art. She loves art. And I love that I can encourage her by setting an example. There's nothing worse yeah. than encouraging someone by nagging them. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, you have so, you know, you, you're really good at this, but if you just practiced or if you just did it this way, or how about you try this way? We want me to bring up a, a YouTube video on how to do that better. Like mm -hmm. that's not encouraging at all. Mm -hmm. um, but 
if I sit down and I paint and she comes over and I say, you want me to make some room on the table for you? Yeah. She says, I don't have brown. Can I use your brown? A little hesitant because my brown's a little more expensive than her brown, but I don't <laughs> use brown that often. So of course I'm going to like say, here's some brown. Let me know if you want some more. Or if you want, I can show you how I mix a brown. Usually she doesn't want, she just wants brown. I mean, uh, she doesn't sure. care. She doesn't want a fancy mixed brown. She doesn't want to know about color mixing. You can't take it too far. You said example of making the time, sitting and encouraging. And um, I, I hope that that is a way for me to share. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and part of that sharing is uh, that creation aspect of it that, you know, when we're creating more than we consume, we're, we're creating that community. We're creating that bond with, with our children, with our friends, uh, with our coworkers, uh, if need be, and uh, bringing them in and showing them, hey, listen, it's not all mystical. It's, you know, it, it takes work. Um, it takes you know, trial and error figuring it out. And, um, and, and that's perfect about how you create more than you consume. Tia, where can everyone find your work? Now, uh, I, I've I've mentioned the uh, the website a couple of times, tiasunshine.art, but where can uh, people uh, find your work in other places, other venues? Well, um, usually you can go to um, Elysian Atelier. I'm not sure if that's how she actually says it. That's how I say it, though. Um, E-L, the Contempo... Salon Studios is in Ann Arbor, and inside of there, they um, is Elysian Atelier, and she, uh, by Randall Steffen, and she has a salon, and she hangs my artwork that is available for sale. Um, original works. Nice. I think she's going to have one of mine have a print up soon. Um, mm-hmm. Also, and she loves to have people in. She's so friendly, and um, she's right in the front. The Contempo Salon Studios is a great community a new community um, start. They were just a salon like any other where you rent a, a, a chair. And now they yeah. are trying to have individual business owners in the individual salons yeah. with a hope that they're encouraging entrepreneurship in the community. Um, and they are going to have events there as well. So and that's what inspired Randall to invite me being an entrepreneur to show in her salon. So yeah, so she hangs my stuff there. Occasionally I'm in some of the coffee shops um, and other events around town with uh, Ann Arbor women artists and Celine painters guild. So right Good now deal. no one's seeing anything. <laughs> Cause nothing's well, yeah, open. <laughs> that is true, <laughs> but things will open. And you know, yes. when people are in the Ann Arbor area, they definitely need to go ahead and check out your work and, and, and support the work and, and see what you're doing out there. That's very yeah, important. Yeah, I appreciate that. I And I do, I keep um, a list of events on my website of locations, mm-hmm. what events are going on. Good deal. And, and folks, that website, again, is tiasunshine.art. Go there, grab all the information that you can, subscribe to the blog, subscribe to the website. And um, I subscribe to it myself. You have not sent me one bit of spam, uh, which I uh, definitely appreciate. And uh, it's uh, I like going back to it um, uh, 
you know, from time to time just to kind of take a look at things and go, okay, yeah, awesome. And it's, you know, inspiring me to maybe go ahead and uh, pick up some watercolors, give it a shot again. Uh, the worst that can happen is I make another uh, painting that looks like mud. The best thing <laughs> well, that could happen is, you know, I, I make something that looks like grace. Well, I, I, I invite, I am very careful about sending out my emails because I am overwhelmed sure. by emails. And so I, I only send out one email a month for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to make space and time for everyone. So I also am starting a Facebook group focusing on some of the stuff that we already talked about with the getting started and creating space. And it's going to be for any kind of creative. You don't have to do watercolor. Um, but I, I think that <laughs> I think it would be nice to to have um, any kind of creative. And I'm going to have challenges. So there'll be spotlights on different creative each month. So, um, yeah, if you go to my website um, and I will definitely be updating that there, um, I will have a sign up. Perfect. Perfect. So I am going to have to lobby for the 30 hour day instead of the 24 hour day, but that's okay. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. <laughs> I've got twin five-year-olds. I, I, I haven't slept in 10 years. So we're I know, good. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Tia, is there any uh, parting thought you'd like to uh, give our audience uh, as they, you know, start their creative journey. Um, we, we have folks that uh, are just starting it. We have folks that have more years than I do uh, doing uh, creative work, but they, uh, they haven't, um, uh, they, they need that little extra push. Any, any uh, tidbit that you can give them uh, on our, on the way out today? Yeah, I think that um, the most important thing you can do is to be in action because you can have every sort of different thought about what you think you want to do. But until you start actually doing it, you're not going to know what it is you have to offer. What's really coming from you and your experience and it'll be so much more authentic if it's coming from a place of action. So don't be afraid to jump in and make mistakes and make corrections and try new things like me trying to get contact you and do a podcast. Mm-hmm. This I'm enjoying it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm jumping in and action and I've had a great time. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Create Art Podcast, Tia. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for uh, you know your your first podcast being this podcast, and uh, I hope you have many more uh, experiences and chances to do podcasts. I'm sure you will because um, you're a delight to talk to. So, thank you very much. Thank you, Tim.